Welcome to Real Estate Real World, where we talk to the movers, shakers, and leaders that are getting it done right now in the real estate industry and beyond. Your host is Marguerite Crispillo, and she started this podcast simply to talk to cool people about what's really happening in this crazy roller coaster ride of real estate. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and stay up to date on the newest stuff by adding yourself to the list at www.realestaterealworld.com. Now your host, Marguerite Crispillo. Welcome, everybody. This is Marguerite Crespillo, and thank you so much for joining us today on The Real Estate Real World. I'm excited about my guest today. I actually met him, what did we figure out, about three years ago, I think, yeah. right? At a NAREP event that we were speaking at. And I remember coming up to you afterwards because yeah. I wanted to meet you and have a great conversation with you. And so it's funny that three years later, here we are. Yep. Sometimes it's funny how the paths take us. But today, I know I'm going to butcher your name, but my guest is Steve Napolitan. 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 He there said it go. to me three times before, and I butchered it. But with a name like Marguerite Crespillo, no one ever yeah. gets my name right yeah. either. Well, I'm excited to have Steve here because he's, first of all, an international number one bestseller, which is when I saw your book the other day on Facebook, I think we were mm -hmm. on, and I said, oh my goodness, I want to see your book. So that's going to be coming out soon. You're, of course, an award-winning marketer. You've made millions and millions for your clients and worked with clients such as Apple, Intel, Charles Schwab, and Nestle. So welcome to the show today. Well, thank you thank so much you. for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's, I'm, I'm equally as excited to reconnect with you. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I'm glad. And we get to do it on your show. I know. That's Perfect. cool. And actually, we're in the office today doing it. So it, it is President's Day, which I know most of the world is actually taking to, well, most of the United States, not the world, is yeah. taking today off. But entrepreneurs and real estate agents don't seem to get paid holidays, do we? Yeah, we just you know do what we want to do. Right? We do what we want to yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. Well, some of us do what we want to do. Some of us are working like crazy, right? Exactly. Which, that's a whole other story. Exactly. But. Exactly. But not me anymore. So, <laughs> well, yeah. that's actually what I want to talk a little bit about today because you have been, you mentioned earlier, you've been an entrepreneur since you were 19. Like, tell yeah. me what you got started doing at 19. So actually, I was going to film school, so I was still in college. And the reason I became an entrepreneur, this kind of goes into my story a bit, is that my father worked all the time when I was growing up. He worked for a big Silicon Valley company, and we grew up in San Jose. And... Uh, my dad <clears throat> was gone. Like, I mean, I went to bed at night, he wasn't home, and many times I'd wake up the next morning, he's already off to the next day. So when I went to college, my dad said, sorry, son, I don't have any money for you. Like, he was a good earner, but he didn't, they, they didn't keep money. So then uh, the call, you know, government said, sorry, Steve, there's no money for you. Your dad makes too much. So I was stuck in that middle position. That's 22. Yep. So then I decided I got a full-time job while I was going to school full-time, and I, and I was working more than full-time. I was doing like 50 hours a week plus going to school full-time, and I freaked out. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm my dad. It's ah. <laughs> exactly what I didn't want. So then I said, okay, let me start my own business. That's what I thought. I thought, I'll start my own business. I'll have free time. I'll be able to earn. And so you're, back to your question is I started a production company. And that because I was going to film school and I was doing really well at it. So I thought, hey, I'll produce videos for people. And it did work. We started making money. But guess what happened? 
She started spending it all? I worked harder than my dad. I worked oh. harder in, in that moment, building a company and going to school. And it was that, you know, and I wish I could sit here and tell you that I figured it out really fast, but it didn't. It took me pretty much all of my 20s, more than a decade, to really figure this out, you know? Well, don't you think that most people don't really appreciate what their parents went through until you're now walking in their shoes, right? And you're like, oh, I get it. And you do one of two things. Either you try to figure out a way to do it different, or ironically, many people end up in the same boat. Yes, we others we get into the family patterns, right? It, it absolutely happens, and I uh, and even though I was an entrepreneur, and here I am building the, these businesses through my twenties, and I was you know doing the same thing. I was working not to work, right? Which doesn't work. No, it doesn't it work. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, like so many of us think that we're gonna go through life earning what we want to earn, and then we'll live the life we want, and it doesn't work that way. I've learned now you have to design it together. You have to like take the life that you want and then design the business around that. So tell me how you help people see that because I know that you've done a lot of coaching and guiding and mentoring for people mm -hmm. that have ended up in that same boat. How, how do you, A, make the decision that you really want to change that and then what does that take to change it? Well, it's two, it's two. I mean, one, there's strategies we could talk about, but then those strategies become defunct when your subconscious mind, so there is that subconscious part. That's where, that's how we become our parents when we don't want to be. Like, your, your conscious mind is like, I don't want to be like my dad, or I don't want to do what my dad had done, but then subconsciously, we end up, uh, it trumps the, the conscious mind. So there is some mindset shifts that I had to I had to partake in. So I, you know, I got a coach that helped me shift my own mindset. It was like, uh, you know, we're talking about the Italian names is, you know, one of my coaches was talking about it's like I have this Italian old coffee grinder, right? And and you can't you can't see what I'm doing right next we're on we're on a podcast. Yeah, that's right. But I'm like grinding <laughs> away like a picture of having a uh, you know, where you have to turn your arm and you're grinding and physically grinding the coffee beans. And we're now today, this is, this is 2016, we can go to Target and get a coffee grinder and be like, yeah. right in two seconds. <laughs> right. But it's like paying homage to our family. It's almost like out of love. What you find is that we, we love our parents. So I know I'm getting onto the subconscious side. But no, this, this is, is good stuff. This is what I found is that, and I, I proved it in myself, is that we I think of it as a child when your child looks at you, if you're a parent, or when you looked at your parent, when they were hurting, as a child, we want to take that pain away right away. And you'll see that child run over to try to take the pain away. And once that child realizes that it can't take the pain away, then it decides, okay, mom or dad, I won't have it any better than you. Oh. So how do you make that shift? How do you change that? And I know you talked a little bit about uh, before we got on the call today, a conversation you had with your coach where mm. you were that you were feeling really limited in what you were doing, right? Yeah. Well, and I can, I can, so that's kind of two questions. So the one, like, how do I improve that? Well, it's, I've studied, uh, neuro-linguistics programming now. And one thing is the whole thing with it is taking, um, the intended positive outcome and breaking that away from the behavior so whatever we're doing, like to pay love to our parent, that's an intended positive outcome. Like you're loving your parent and then you're choosing a behavior like limiting your life 
and you're, you're coupling those together, you're smashing them together. And so what you can actually do is it's, it becomes subconscious. Then we're patterning it and you forget about it. You might have done that when you were three years old. You might have decided that. And now you're, you're in your 30s or 40s and you're trying to build a business and you're like, why can't I do this? Ah. You know, it's that internal battle. Well, if you have a coach that can see this, then they can actually separate that and say, what if there was a new behavior and you could still love your parent the same amount or, or more? You know, like what? What would you would would that be okay with you? So you have to actually address it in in, in the mind, and separate those two. I know it's hard to like really. Yeah, explain. I was wondering if you could come up with an example, like if there are a particular behavior or something yeah. that you think that it, uh, people could relate to. Yeah. Well, um, you know, since we're going to kind of talk about phone calls here in a second, you know, you know, there's, um, well, you know, here. Here's one that uh, that just happened. I had one of my uh, a client just I don't know it was a couple months ago came to one of my workshops, and we were working on it. And, it's, and she wants to shoot videos for her business. She knows that getting those out there will help her uh, produce more in her business. And she's been stuck. She even bought all the equipment, the lights, camera, everything, and she's just not shooting the videos. Like what the heck's going on? She's like Steve, what are, what's going on? So then we dug deep, and I asked her a lot of questions that got to a deep place in her, her life. Well, it came over pattern after pattern. She would do stuff in her life, and then nothing would come of it. So she almost like pouring love into something and then not having fulfilled like her previous jobs before she became an entrepreneur. Like She would build these huge projects, and then the whole company wouldn't use them. And so it went back even further when she was two, three years old, she loved this little puppy that they had and then the puppy disappeared, disappeared. The parents didn't tell her where it was. Well, that little two, three year old decided not to pour love into anything too much because uh, it will be taken away from her. Wow. And, and it's just through a line of questioning. So it's just all talk, right? We're just talking, but we can find that that similar where did the pattern start you just keep asking until you find it and then um, and then she didn't even realize she's like I told I forgot about that she's like now I remember but I it's those memories that we hurt us so bad we lock away in the file cabinet and we never want to talk about it and so it's being um, being in rapport enough with your coach like when I'm there I'm making sure that I'm there in those tender moments with my clients we can find that and then say, hey, what if you could still, you know, have all the love and protect yourself from being hurt? Because that's what it was. She was protecting herself from being hurt again, like pouring her life. What if you could still have that protection, but then you could, you could do things that you want to do? You know, and then her system accepted that, and now she's shooting videos. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it seems like sometimes it's maybe... Um way deeper obviously than you think it is like shooting videos sounds like it's not that big of a deal yeah. right but it can really take you back to what's holding you back i know that i see for the real estate industry many times it seems that uh, people want the results right but they don't really want to put in the work they're uncomfortable they're mm -hmm. they're not comfortable calling people or talking to someone or they're embarrassed or they don't want to look like that cheesy sales you know mm -hmm. car sales person yeah so talk a little bit about that let's talk a little bit about yeah, that let's do so you know one um you know one thing is is that when it comes to calls 
when you're reaching out and you don't want to be a, a salesperson, well, one, don't, don't stop selling. That's, I mean, that's the biggest thing. Start getting, and it's a human experience. So if you actually are getting on the phone with people and you're caring for them or you're finding out what's going on in their world, which is the number one thing you want to do. Like if I get on the phone with anyone that I think I'm going to be able to help, I want to know two things. What's their biggest desire and what's their biggest challenge? And in order for me to do that, guess what I have to do? I have to, stop, I have to shut up about myself. <laughs> and then th that's why there's no sales pitch. So people love when, when I get on the phone with them, it's, uh, it's a breath of fresh air. And for everyone out there when you're, you know, who are listening to this right now, stop pitching. Stop selling and then you won't be that car salesman, you know? You know, that's so good because I know my sister uh, had worked in an administrative position for me for about three years. <clears throat> and she decided uh, at the beginning of last year that she really wanted to get into real estate, but she was scared to death. She goes, well, I'm a terrible salesperson. I'm not a good salesperson. I said, what are you talking about? Like, you're so extraordinary at building relationships and helping people. Like, that's all you need to do. You don't need to sell them on anything. Yep. You just need to help them accomplish their goal of finding a home or selling a home. That's yep. all you need to do. And as soon as she got past that mental block in her brain, she has done extraordinary. Matter of fact, I think right now she has seven clients in contract to close Beautiful. in the month of March. But she was convinced in her mind that she had to be a salesperson yes. in order to go sell real estate. It's so it's and it's I it's really horrible. I think like there's like more than half the sales programs out there. They're teaching you tactic after tactic and strategy after strategy and. When I teach sales, I, I, I throw all that out. I just tell people, stop selling and find, if you truly find out what the other human being wants, that, this is how simple marketing is. This is it. This is, and this is all what my book's about too, is you find your perfect client. Who do you really want to work with? Ask them what they want and then give it to them. <laughs> that's it. That's business. That's if it. you just do that, right. you can win. Well, who, who said that famous quote? Was it Zig Ziglar? Said you help enough other people get what they want, then you, you'll you get everything, everything you want. want. We didn't even talk about the title of your book. I know it's not out yet, but yeah. it's coming out in a month or so. Yeah, it's called Capture Clients, Close Deals, A Simple Way to Gain Clients Without Convincing or Chasing. It's exactly what you're talking about, how people don't want to convince or chase. And you don't have to if you, if you just it, – it's all about the human experience. And if you become genuine, then when you reach out, when you make phone calls, you're actually it's, – it's a gift. You know, a lot of people don't even have time to talk about what they want in their life anymore. Like, I can't tell you how many people I meet and we get into the depth of the conversation I'm, I'm describing right now. And they go, wow, I haven't even talked to my husband, like, about this or my wife or, you know. And if you really think about it in your life, you know, even with my, my wife, we, you know, sometimes, you know, you get – into life and we have kids and things happen and you know when, how many times do you have that moment to really have a depth of conversation you know and even my wife she understands my business but not fully like she's doing her own thing so you know for me I need other other people in those realms to really hear me so when someone actually opens the door and says Steve what's going on like what is it that what's what's your biggest goal right now you know, then you want to start talking. You're like, oh, you're perfect. Let me tell someone a sounding board yeah. to say, does this sound like crap or is this real? Like, you know, we don't, ha we don't have that, that many opportunities and not, you know, there's some of the most successful people we have mentors and coaches. I do. I won't have, I won't live another day in my life without that. But most people out there, they're, they've got their, 
especially in real estate, they've got their uh, business and they, they maybe have a little bit of coaching from their broker or maybe something there, but they don't have that, you know? Um, now, I know you've done some, some coaching and training for the real estate industry. What do you see as the, big, the biggest um, struggle, I would, I would want to say, for real estate agents? Like, what's holding them back? What's keeping them from being the best agents they could be or the best consultants? Well, you know, it's kind of crazy to say, but really it is, it's themselves. It really, it really is. Like, and I know that might be hard for some of you to swallow right now hearing that, but you really, the biggest thing, and I can come from my, from a humble place in, in my business when I started where I was just struggling and I'm blaming everything. Oh, if only this happened, then this would have worked. If this would have happened, this would have worked. I remember early in my career in one of my small offices when I first had my business going, I had this whiteboard above my desk and I put all my leads that I was going after. And I just remember every one of the leads was failing me. And listen to what I'm saying, failing me, right? (laughs) Like they weren't coming through for whatever reason. And I remember calling this guy. He wasn't really a coach, but he was a guy that I respected that was ahead of me. And I, I called him and I'm like, hey, you know, this is happening, that's happening. He's like, Steve, stop, time out. He said you're blaming the leads. And I said, Oh yeah, I am. He said, what can you do about it? I said, I guess I can get more leads. And he said, yeah, good, go do that. And I'm like, no, that's what I need help with. I need more leads. And, uh, then he told me, that's when he said, call your mom. And I said, what do you mean? <laughs> call my mom. I said, and I was looking for marketing directors. So I was running my ad agency. I, I was building, it wasn't a full ad agency yet, but it was a marketing firm. And, uh, I thought there's no way my mom doesn't know marketing directors. Like, how am I going to call? And I, I fight, I give that back to him. I say, I'm not going to call my mom. He said, call your mom or hang up with me. Like, don't, why'd you call me? He really called me out this day. And I said, all right, fine. I'll call my mom, but you have to tell me what to say. And he said, well, it's quite simple. You're going to call your mom and tell her how excited you are about the growth of your business and that you're focusing on marketing directors and who does she know that's a, a marketing director that she possibly can introduce you to? And then I was blown away. My mom had a lead for me on that call. And within the week, she gave me two more leads that she thought about. And she got, you know, one was from another friend and then one was another one she knew. And out of those three, I couldn't believe it. My biggest client for the year came from it. <laughs> this guy that many years ago my mom worked with, he worked his way up through multiple different companies too and became a marketing director. And I had no idea. They had uh, exchanged Christmas cards all these years because they had just kept, kept being friends. And um, the guy I sat down with me and I remember going into his office and he said, I don't know why we're meeting, but you're, uh, I like your mom. So that's, that's how the meeting started. And then he ended up becoming a client. I left with having a client. And, you know, so it's just to prove the point of, of a couple things. One, you have to take action for yourself. You just, you have to. You can't blame anything else. In fact, when you blame something outside, you're losing energy. You're completely losing energy. I think that that is incredibly powerful because I hear it all the time from real estate agents, right? The leads suck. My broker needs to get me more business. Um, You know, I I don't have time because I have kids or I don't, I can't do that. I mean, like there's a million excuses. I hear it all the time in real estate. And another huge thing that I see frequently is people are really uncomfortable calling their family and friends. 
it's like, why would you not call the people who have the most reason to want to help you? Like your mom of all people wants more than anything for you to be successful, Absolutely. right? Like I tell my kids that all the time. And by the way, boys, call your mothers more. This is a mom speaking. Yeah. <laughs> but Yeah, my mom was really happy that I called her too. <laughs> yeah. Is the truth is your mom wants to help you. So Absolutely. why would you not call your mom of all people? Why would you not call your family? Why would you not call your friends? It's like I don't understand that way of thinking other than people, when I ask them, well, you know, I, I don't want to bother them. Yeah, you know, well, it's um, it's so crazy, like, to think that way. And, you know, even, I always even make a joke when people say, I don't work with family or friends or I don't call... Then I'm like, oh, well, should I be worried about your business then? That's like, so if you're true. So, like, what, do you screw people over? Like, I, I can't work with my family because I'm going to burn them. You know, like, what what the hell are you talking about? Like, if you, like, my all my my clients are like family to me. Right. Like, I mean, if, and they, they're, they're not all family. But, you know, it's just that's the way I treat people. So I think one That is, is so powerful. I can't, I, I, I can't even believe you just said that because that... Is so logical. It's like, are you afraid? I mean, do you burn people? Is that why you won't use your family and friends? That's so good. I, that's what I think right away. I'm like, why can't you work with your... Like, people blow me away. They're like, I don't do that. And, you know, like, why? Well, no, I understand business partnerships. Like, if you can't get along or something like that, that's different. I'm talking about just straight doing business. I mean, just think about it. If you're if a family member owned a gas station... And then it was the same price as all the other gas stations in town. Even if it was like a mile further away from your house, are you going to go buy gas from the, you know, the one that's closest to your house? Or are you going to go to the one that your family owns? Well, honestly, I would even pay a little bit more just yeah. to go to my family's restaurant. I mean, I know. you know, not double or anything, but I would still be willing to pay a little bit more to support my family and friends. That is a huge aha. I mean, I've, I've heard it in a different way, but that was a big aha for me. It's it just um, it just made sense to me. Like I literally said that to people, and they're like, "Well, no, 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 I don't, I don't screw people over." I'm like, "Well, it just got me curious because I mean, it's like not eating your own food, <laughs> like right? Like You're afraid yeah, I don't eat my own food. Sorry, uh, no. Oh, should I be eating it? Like, what, what are we talking about here? Got poison in yeah, it? I, like, what is the deal? You start raising some some red flags here. You got some red flags, but you know, I think that. You know, the whole idea of the resistance from any call is that you're, they, and this is where people come from, they feel like they're taking. They feel like they're taking. That's why they don't want to, uh, they don't want to call and oh, take someone's time. But, but if you truly pick up the phone to help someone, that's what I do every time. Every time I pick up the phone, I'm looking for who am I meant to help that day. And if you have that register in your mindset, then there's not one call that shouldn't be made. You know? So I hear a lot of, you know, when you listen to some of the trainers, the real estate trainers and those type of people, they're like, you need to call and ask for referrals. Call and ask for referrals. And my response to that many times is, how many times are you going to take somebody's call where all they're doing is calling you to get something? Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm calling you every time and I'm saying, hey, Steve, you know, how are things today? Oh, that's nice. Do you have any referrals for me? Like... Pretty much the very next yeah. time, my call is going to go straight to the garbage, yeah. right? Like you're not yeah. even going to take, it's going to go straight to voicemail. You're not going to take my calls anymore. So I guess I wonder, why do those trainers keep teaching that? Like they're not truly doing it. They can't possibly be. Well, yeah, and I guess, 
I mean, to a certain extent, I guess some of them could actually do it, but you're totally right. You can only cycle through your list like once or twice, maybe twice, probably once. And then you got to hope that you got enough business from that, that you could go after those people to get the next right. Lego referrals and you just keep going. But it's a grind and yeah. it's not something that I want to partake in. When I'm calling people, if you're just reaching out to make calls, I want to know how can I help that individual, even if it's not in my business, even if it's not in my wheelhouse. You know, the great thing is you're planting a seed. So I, in my coaching, I call it like a five, 10 minute phone call that you want to have, like an actual conversation. So you make so many phone calls and you get voicemails and all this, and you set a target goal of how many 10 minute conversations you want to have. And the reason for 10 minutes is because you don't want to have like an hour cup, cup of coffee with everyone that you know because there's just not enough time in the day and all of a sudden you're in trouble. So in that 10 minute call though, what I do want to find out is what's going on, what's their deepest desire and what's their deepest challenge. Now this might not all be real estate, right? But what happens is I know a lot of people because guess what, I make a lot of calls. So I can refer them to someone else and help them. But before I ask them what their biggest goal is or their biggest desire, I tell them mine. So I'm like, hey, Marguerite, it's so great to catch up with you. Um, I, we only have 10 minutes, you know, and I'm also helping you because now we only have 10 minutes. So you're like, oh, it's Steve. I, I haven't talked to him forever. Even if you want to talk to me, you probably don't have an hour either, right? So now we both have 10 minutes. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm uh, really focused on my real estate business this year. And I've got some big goals this year to... Uh, to hit and I'm, I'm really curious what's your biggest goal this year and I might even say my specific goal that I have and then you tell me and it's something totally different and then I and I might say well it, it, what's slowing you down or stopping you from having that and then you tell me and I might have a suggestion and even if I don't then I'll say you know what I would google this or I would find someone to coach you on that I would still make some suggestion to give a pour out of love. Like, I just want right. to give you love. And then I've already said that I'm in real estate. And now because I gave you that love, it, I can't tell you how many times people call me back later. And they're like, you know what? I was thinking about my friend. I just went out the next day. They go out with someone and they're like, I'm thinking about buying a house. And they're like, oh, you should talk to my friend because we just talked. I can't even tell you how many times that's happened to me. And I... I coach on that all the time it's like just make the phone call and just see what you can do to help them what's going on in their life because I swear literally within 24 to 48 hours I will get a phone call from that person or someone they referred that said hey I was just talking to Sally and she said oh I need to call Marguerite she's thinking about buying a house it it's so true but the 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 issue that I see most of the time is the agents are just not even making that initial call. No, and then they're they're, they're not they're connecting. Yeah, so you have to. And they, now this is where it comes back to that mindset. If you give them a strategy and they they won't make it happen, then there might be something deeper stopping them from picking up the phone. But let's uh, let's assume that they can do it. The biggest thing I would say is to almost do a meditation before you pick up the phone. It's before you make the call. Because, again, they're most likely, um, most of the people I find, they don't want to pick up the phone because they feel like they're taking. They feel like that salesperson, that they have to make a sale. They're focused on the business that they want. Oh, I want to close five deals this month. They're focused on finding that five deals. When you pick up the phone, you have to forget about all that and then say, I want to catch up with you. I, I, hey, you know, that's it. And it's that... It's that conversation, and if you actually set your mindset on that, then all of a sudden, 
um, you're doing it. Now, the tricky thing is you have to track it because I've had clients that are like, I'm just making calls. Yeah, this is kind of a lot of fun, but I don't see how business is happening from this. I have to actually have them write stuff down because they forget where stuff came from. You know, it's well, so- and here's the quirky part. Tracking it, of course, is essential. Yeah. But here's the quirky part, too, that I find is that um, agents will not make the calls that they need to make, but they'll rush out and run an ad. Yeah, and then that's really bad if you don't know what to say in the ad. And most of the time you find what to say by asking your client, right? So if you're not having the conversation, you're probably not saying the right thing in the ad. Well, and I, I've said this. I know that you know this to be true. Here's the bottom line. If you run an ad and you get no phone calls, the problem is the ad. If you run an ad, you get phone calls, and you don't convert any of those to appointments, the problem is you. Yes. (laughs) Right? Yeah. It's your conversion skills. It's your conversation skills. It's your skills on the phone to be able to have that conversation with people. But going back to what you said about tracking, since 99% of the people are not tracking anything, they have no idea where their business is coming Mm -hmm. from at all. And so they don't know if the ads are working, ads are not working. You know, if they're getting results, they, they don't have any idea where their business is coming from. I absolutely agree. I, I say the same thing. There's only two things that can go wrong in marketing and sales. It's the wrong person and, or it's the wrong message. So when, even when you're putting that ad out there, if the ad is broken, like you said, then I would look at those two things. Is it targeting the right people? Is it saying the right thing? Which one is wrong? And then you can fix it. And then the same thing goes when you get on the phone. But it's, it's uh, absolutely the same. Well, yeah. what I love about tracking numbers, too, is that they don't lie, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's obvious where the problem mm-hmm. is. Again, if an ad gets no calls, it's the ad. If the ad gets calls and you're not converting. Yep. And then that goes back to taking responsibility, which we talked about at the very beginning yep. of this call, right? It's like... I, I hear this all the time, oh, all the leads are bad, the leads are bad, the leads are bad. And then I pick up the phone, and I call 10 of them, and I get 7 or 8 out of 10 yeah. to have an appointment or have a conversation. So it's not necessarily the leads, it's your conversation that you're having. Absolutely, and most of the time what I find is because they're trying to sell something. Yeah. Whereas you're, you're building a human experience. You know, I think the biggest thing that you just said that reminds me of something I say all the time you know, there's some people that are really good. They might be really good at real estate and, you know, someone drops a lead right on them and then they go nurture it and they, it's like, think of it as a, you're out in your garden and a seed gets dropped by a bird and you run out there and you water it and all, and it's a beautiful plant and it's like, woo, I did it, right? You had this great client. That doesn't give a yield for a business. Right. We have to actually become farmers. You need to go plant more seeds so that you can actually have a yield, and even better yet, then you could take me out in your orchard and say, Steve, come on, let's go out. This is the best tree. In fact, this is the best fruit out of my whole You can start picking the clients that you want. It, it completely reverses. Instead of you being the desperate one, trying to grasp onto anyone that you can get to do business with you, you can actually be hand-picking the, the people that you want to come. But it comes from farming. And just to bring it to the farming aspect, if you were a farmer, you know, let's say, Margaret, you and I are, are, are farmers, and we get uh, this huge yield this year, and then we decide, you know what, we're not going to plant anymore. We have so much food, this is amazing, right? And we just stop. It doesn't matter how well you've done or if we haven't done well. If we stop, we stop. Like, all of a sudden, one day, the food's going to dry up. And it goes to the same thing. If you're not picking up the phone, if you're not making calls, you can just uh, say that you're not watering your garden. 
you can say you're not feeding your family. Like, it would be like waking up today and saying, you know what, I'm not going to eat today. I'm not going to eat tomorrow either. I'm just not going to eat. No, like making calls in your business is eating. <laughs> you have to eat. You have to make calls. You have to reach out. And, you know, let's say what a call is too. A call could be reaching out on Facebook, LinkedIn. It's any outreach. When we, For me, what I say a call is. But outbound. I, you've got to be making outbound. Re- you've got to reach out to people. You've got to plant seeds. And not all of them are going to mature. But you're also, if you're tracking it, then you're going to be able to see how well you're doing. And then that's immediately, if I was coaching someone, they're making a certain amount of calls, and then I'm seeing that they're getting a low yield or they're not getting what they want, then we're going to focus on what they're saying. What are they saying? What are they saying? You know, or are they talking to the right people? You know? Well, and I, I know you've heard this a million times, but the fortune is in the follow-up. Yeah. It's like, are you building and deepening those relationships? You know, my, my friend, uh, James Becker, who runs Fusion Real Estate, says, make friends, serve people. Mm-hmm. Are you doing that, mm-hmm. right? Are you, are you putting, planting those seeds? Are you, and then on top of that, are you nurturing them? And it seems that, that the mistake I see many agents make is that kind of churn and burn philosophy. It's that waiting for that bird to drop a seed, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Or, you know, going out there and just dropping the seed and not taking care of it, not following up with it, not nurturing it and doing what needs to be done. I see that all the time. Yeah, it's, it's so tough to, to live your life that way. Like, and it doesn't have to be that way. Like, if you, um, you're making things harder well and don't you think it's it's a it's what you do every day it's that little bit of activity that happens every day it seems that and I know that this is in all industries is that people get that lead and then they work 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 that lead until that lead is done and they don't take care of everything else next thing you know they're out of business yeah it's the they're starting over yeah. The roller coaster ride. It, it, absolutely. Let's sell a whole bunch of stuff. Then let's do all that stuff. Then let's sell again. You want to be always, always uh, playing. My dad grew up in Pennsylvania on a farm, and he always used to tell me, he said, before he went to school, he had to do all of his chores, like milk the cow and all that stuff, before he could even go to school. I mean, there's just things, that's the way that they lived. You know, he had six brothers and sisters. They, like you know, Italian immigrants, and they just, like, worked really hard, and that's, uh, that was part of life, you know, and so it's, it's the daily actions, if you didn't milk the cow, then, like, you, you lost, you lost that, you know, the cow's gonna get, you know, it's not, it's gonna lose the milk, you know, you gotta keep doing it, so what I think the biggest thing I can say as an action item, like, just for everyone to think, is what is the amount that you're willing to commit to, you know, if it's just three calls a day, whatever it is, make a commitment and make those calls, three to six calls. And then you can start measuring. You can say, hey, three calls a day, that's talking to 15 people in a week, right? That's 60 people in a month. Wow, now that's pretty significant. Three phone calls a day is 15 a week, 60 a month. And even if you, if at 20, if I'm going 20 days, so five Well, I was even thinking 60 a month times, if you look at that over a year, that's six, 720 calls a year, if you make a call every single day. But even if you make 500 calls a year, wouldn't that significantly change your business if you were to just commit to that small amount? Absolutely. And then measure it. So then don't just do it and do it complacently, like make those calls and then look at it and say, okay, how are my calls doing? 
How, what's happening for my calls? How many of those are turning into leads or getting, becoming a referral source? Measure what's happening and then improve what you say on the calls, right? Absolutely. But the first step is just doing it. Just and the funny one, Nike, just do it. <laughs> just do it. They, they really did a good one on that. I yeah, mean, that's, that's like the best marketing yeah, piece of all time. It's yeah. still, it's just amazing. And, and think about why, because less than, uh, at that time, I think it still is less than 10% of Americans are active work, working out. Yeah. That's it, you know, and that's the way America is. So, you know, you're looking at those running shoes and they needed to say, just do it. <laughs> just do it. Just Too bad they on. just don't put themselves on your feet, yeah. make you go to the gym. I know, you wouldn't know? it be nice? Yeah. But it, it, it's, I think, in going back to real estate and going back to sales is that it seems the industry as a whole attracts people who don't really want to work. Like they think that it's easy. Would you not agree? It's so crazy. Um, this comes, I think, did we talk about this a little bit uh, at the beginning of the call, is that taking it uh, serious as if you're running a business. I mean, you have to really, it does go, if they don't want to, if they don't want to make money or you don't want to do business, then okay, that's, that's your life. But if you're getting into this and you want to make this your living, then you've got to take it really, really serious. I mean, most businesses cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. Hundreds of thousands. Some of these cost a million dollars to start. You know, when you're talking about franchises and... What does a McDonald's cost now? Yeah, I don't I, even know, don't but even it was know. over two million. I know that uh, one that I remember in some trainings we were doing, 7-Eleven was a million dollars to get a 7-Eleven. And then they guaranteed a million within two years if you follow their system. But you have to do the work. Yeah, like, and you put that's a million That's the mistake down. that in the agents, you know, real estate, you can get in for a few hundred dollars. So, you know, why wouldn't you, if you can get in that cheap and still make, you could conceivably make as much money as a 7-Eleven or a McDonald's mm -hmm. or any of those in mm -hmm. real estate if you applied yourself. But when you don't have anything on the line, it's like you're not willing yeah. to take that risk. Yeah, and it's so crazy because if you think about it, most of us have had a job. You know, I was talking about how I've had, I've had a job before I started my businesses. And when we're late to work, your heart starts beating faster. You're like, oh, I'm late, right? And just think about it for you when you uh, think of a time that you were late to work. You know, why was it? Because we were mad that that boss or that boss was going to yell at us. We we're worried that that boss is going to yell at us. We we're anxious around that or that we just failed to commit to it. When, imagine if you did that for yourself. Right? Show I think up that's for so you. powerful. It's like, would you hire you? Like, yeah. are, are, are you the best boss to have? Yeah. <laughs> you know? it's, it's, uh, it's wild how we let ourselves down. How do we continue to look in the mirror and say, you know what? I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it the next day. And we just keep letting ourselves down. Is that lack of commitment, you think? Or where does that, what is that about? Well, it's a mix because, you know, something can be those mindset things that we were talking about earlier on the call is, um, you know, it's really taking the small steps um, and committing to those. So like, let's say we're saying the three phone calls. It has to, um, so here's the biggest thing. You got to own your calendar. I mean, that's it. It, it. When you put down something like making those calls, it has to be as if it was a client. Because I, I assume most of you on, uh, listening to this are going to think, 
if I have a client, I'm going to show up, you know, I'm not going to, you're not going to be a total jerk and not show up for an appointment or whatever. You've got to show up for yourself in that same way. And we don't do it. We say, oh, we let it go because we don't take it as serious as the client appointments for whatever reason. It's just not, but if you actually put it on your calendar and have it buzz and come up and you make those calls as if it was just a, a client meeting, then you're going to start to have um, results. And when you don't have it, and I ask most people, I'm like, oh, did you make your calls? No, I didn't make my calls. Was it on your calendar? No, it wasn't. I was just thought that I'd fit it in in between this and that. That's a, this is a big rookie mistake. It's, it's just, it's not on your calendar. People even make fun of me because I have like time with my wife on here, time with my kids on my calendar. They're like, that's ridiculous that you have to put your family <laughs> on your calendar. You don't love them that much. I said, no, I love them that much. Yeah. That's a if great way to think of it. If you're on my calendar, it's the real deal. You know, I don't even know how to say how powerful that is. You know, it's like I know that even family time and date night can many times just get pushed to the back of the bus if you don't have it on the schedule. And people will take, uh, in my opinion, not the best situation, but they'll take clients over their family and their kids because it's not in the calendar. Yeah. You know, I know that for, for my husband and I, we had, this was Valentine's Day weekend, and we're recording this the day after. And four years ago, we went to this little town called Capitola, if you've ever been there. Yeah, yeah. And four years ago, there was this really cool hotel, and I said, I really want to go to that hotel sometime. I just thought, it'd be so cool to rent. They have these little rooms that are right on the beach. And my husband and I alternate whose year it is to plan yeah. our Valentine's Day and our anniversary, so it was my year. So I literally... A year and a half ago, put on my calendar when to book the room because I was worried that I wouldn't be able to get it for Valentine's Day, a popular day. Yep. So I was looking at the reservation on Friday when we were getting ready to take off. I told my husband, I go, you know, I booked this in July of last year. And the only reason this entire weekend happened is because 18 months ago, I put it in my calendar to book the room so that I could book yeah. The weekend. Otherwise, I'd still be here. We'd be like, what do you want to do for Valentine's Day? I don't know. Yeah. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want? You want to go to dinner? I don't know. What do you... <laughs> yeah. That's what happens. So yep. there is such value in that importance of booking things in your calendar and scheduling when you need to do it. I, I, don't, I think that's probably the most valuable thing. It's, it's huge. And if you do that, and then, then you can just, then you can evaluate. Now, the good thing is you get a do-over the next day. Right. So whatever you put on your calendar, you do or don't do, then you've got to assess. So the, the, the next thing I would put on your calendar every day is put plan for tomorrow. But you do that today. So every day, like so at the end of the day, around 5 o'clock, it changes based on my meetings. I move it, but I have a, I think a standing meeting with myself at five o'clock every day to plan the next day. That's fantastic. And how long have you been doing that? How much, how does that help you? So probably I've been doing that probably like eight years. Yeah. And, um, and it helps me with everything because it helps me prioritize the next day. So once I have, once I, so when I, I, I get that moment where I'm going to sit down and usually this takes five or 10 minutes. That's it. But I basically look at what did I accomplish for the day that I'm in and then what wasn't done. Was there any leftover that I didn't get done? And then I write that down and then, okay, what do I need to do tomorrow? So I get a list going. And then I, do th I look at it and do three things. One, what can I eliminate? Is there anything on this list that I put on here and I don't need to do? 
or because the amount that's on my list, I need to eliminate some things. So I might I'll put get my car washed or do something like that. And I'm like, you know what? I don't need to have that done. Let's eliminate that. You know, but I, if I didn't re register that the day before, I might have gotten up in the morning, went right to the car wash and wasted time that I could have been doing something else, right? So I eliminate what doesn't need to be done. Then I delegate whatever I can. That's the second thing. So what can I delegate? Is there any, even if you don't have employees, like is there someone else that you can bring into the fold to help you? Or can you ask a favor from someone? There's way, there, if you really think about it, there might be ways to delegate. And the third thing is a little bit trickier. I look for what can I automate? Is there something on here that could be automated? Is there like emails that I'm sending out regularly that I could automate? That might take a little bit of work to overcome, but you still want to register that. So, so what were those three so words again? Eliminate. Eliminate. Delegate. Automate. I love that. And those three things allow, then once I've done that, those three things get things off the list. And I'm cracking up because I'm sitting here. We both have journals in front of us because that's what we do. And I'm going through my whole list of all the little things that I wrote down of stuff I needed to get done today. Yeah, and then you can do this now. And then the, the last piece then is then prioritize. So after you uh, eliminate, delegate, and automate, like whatever you can, then you prioritize the list. And that's so important because you're, you're, there's, there's going to be quite a few days. Like how many days goes by or, that you don't finish everything? Oh, many. Yeah. Many days. So we have to get the pro high priority done first. And the high priority things are the things that are going to make you money. The things that are going to feed you. Like Revenue phone generating. calls. Right. Like phone calls. Phone calls. <laughs> the thing that everyone puts to the last right. thing of the day. That should be the first thing of the day. Like you've got to just get those done, otherwise you're not going to eat. Your business is not going to eat if you don't do business development, getting out there, outreaching. So um, it's got to be the, one of the highest priorities. Right? So eliminate, delegate, automate, and prioritize. That's it. I yep. love that. Yep. And then you and then you do the best you can. And then you know you're talking about family thing. Just wanted to put a, a final twist on this whole thing. I got to the point in my life now where if I don't get everything done, I'm, I'm, I'm really tough on myself. I'll, I close the laptop, even though I'm like, oh, I have to get this done. But I'm like, nope, I told my wife I was going to be home for dinner tonight. It's like, boom, close that laptop. And I want to feel that pain Yeah. because then it's going to make me think differently about tomorrow. You that's, know? Such, that's a powerful statement because I think many times we we'll just continue to work. We're like, well, if I can get all this done and get it off my plate, then I can be a better wife, husband, spouse, dad, yeah. you know, yeah. mom. But the truth is, is if it's painful, then you're going to work harder the next day to eliminate, delegate, automate, and prioritize. To figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what, Steve, I have to tell you, this has been an incredibly powerful conversation. I think we could probably talk for days on end. I bet, yeah. We'll do like four podcasts right <laughs> we're, now. We're going to have to do a part two uh, yeah. with Steve. But I do want you to tell us a little bit about how people can get a hold of you. I want to hear when your book is coming out because we'll do another podcast, I'm sure, when mm -hmm. your book comes out in April, yeah. you said? So right now it's set. My, my book coach, um, they set it for April because basically the way Amazon works, you get 90-day pre-launch. So the book is pre-launched. You can get it, and we're doing an early – like if you, if you pre-order right now, it's $2.99. And then it is going to go up to twenty dollars as we at when when we launch it. Right now the book's in formatting, so it might not be all the way to April, but just assume that it's going to be the end of March, April, 
the book will come out. Um, yeah. And we'll post a link on the podcast and how to get a hold of you and how to get that deal for $2.99, right? Yeah, they can yeah. get that on there. Yeah, that'll be great. I mean, the last thing I'll say is I do interact on my social media. So if you have questions Very much from so. this, yeah, yeah, that's how we connect. And it's exactly. like, hey, Steve. Yeah, so I do have assistance, but I do respond. So if you want to get in touch with me, I'll, we'll give the link and then you can connect on LinkedIn or Facebook. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, this has been a true joy having you here today and I'm really excited to be able to connect with you and I know we're going to do some more stuff together. I can just feel it. I can tell that, that we're meant to do some work together. Yeah. And I'm not sure if all of you heard how many times he brought up the fact that he has a coach and that he has had coaches since the beginning. So if you do not have a coach, then you need to seriously consider that and there's opportunities for you to figure out how to do that not only with Steve but with other great people out there but mm -hmm. be sure to really think that through because it's life-changing for you and I know it has been for me as well so thank you again Steve for being here today it's been a true pleasure it's my pleasure as well so thank you all for listening in today on Real Estate Real World. Please connect with us, not only on iTunes, where you can go subscribe, and hopefully you'll give us a positive review. But be sure to follow us on Facebook, and be sure to share this with all of your friends on social media. Thanks for joining us today. Go out and make it a great day.